section twenty four of psychology of the unconscious by carl jung this librivox recording is in the public domain section twenty four chapter seven part two on the return journey hiawatha stops at the clever arrow-makers who possesses a lovely daughter and he named her from the river from the waterfall he named her minnehaha laughing water when hiawatha in his earliest childhood dreaming felt the sounds of water and wind press upon his ears he recognized in these sounds of nature the speech of his mother the murmuring pine trees on the shore of the great sea said minnewawa and above the murmuring of the winds and the splashing of the water he found his earliest childhood dreams once again in a woman minnehaha the laughing water and the hero before all others finds in woman the mother in order to become a child again and finally to solve the riddle of immortality the fact that minnehaha's father is a skilful arrow-maker betrays him as the father of the hero and the woman he had with him as the mother the father of the hero is very often a skilful carpenter or other artisan according to an arabian legend tara abraham's father was a skilful master workman who could carve arrows from any wood that is to say in the arabian form of speech he was a procreator of splendid sons moreover he was a maker of images of gods tabashtar agni's father is the maker of the world a smith and carpenter the discoverer of fire boring joseph the father of jesus was also a carpenter likewise kinniaris adonis's father who is said to have invented the hammer the lever roofing and mining hephaestus the father of hermes is an artistic master workman and sculptor in fairy tales the father of the hero is very modestly the traditional wood-cutter these conceptions were also alive in the cult of osiris there the divine image was carved out of a tree trunk and then placed within the hollow of the tree fraser golden bough part four in rigveda the world was also hewn out of a tree by the world sculptor the idea that the hero is his own procreator leads to the fact that he is invested with paternal attributes and reversedly the heroic attributes are given to the father in mani there exists a beautiful union of the motives he accomplishes his great labors as a religious founder hides himself for years in a cave he dies is skinned stuffed and hung up hero besides he is an artist and has a crippled foot a similar union of motives is found in veland the smith 
hiawatha kept silent about what he saw at the old arrow makers on his return to nokomis and he did nothing further to win minnehaha but now something happened which if it were not in an indian epic would rather be sought in the history of a neurosis hiawatha introverted his libido that is to say he fell into an extreme resistance against the real sexual demand freud he built a hut for himself in the wood in order to fast there and to experience dreams and visions for the first three days he wandered as once in his earliest youth through a forest and looked at all the animals and plants master of life he cried desponding must our lives depend on these things the question whether our lives must depend upon these things is very strange it sounds as if life were derived from these things that is to say from nature in general nature seems suddenly to have assumed a very strange significance this phenomenon can be explained only through the fact that a great amount of libido was stored up and now is given to nature as is well known men of even dull and prosy minds in the springtime of love suddenly become aware of nature and even make poems about it but we know that libido prevented from an actual way of transference always reverts to an earlier way of transference minnehaha the laughing water is so clearly an allusion to the mother that the secret yearning of the hero for the mother is powerfully touched therefore without having undertaken anything he goes home to nokomis but there again he is driven away because minnehaha already stands in his path he turns therefore even further away into that early youthful period the tones of which recall minnehaha most forcibly to his thoughts where he learnt to hear the mother's sounds in the sounds of nature in this very strange revival of the impressions of nature we recognize a regression to those earliest and strongest nature impressions which stand next to the subsequently extinguished even stronger impressions which the child received from the mother the glamour of this feeling for her is transferred to other objects of the childish environment father's house playthings etc from which later those magic blissful feelings proceed which seem to be peculiar to the earliest childish memories when therefore hiawatha hides himself in the lap of nature it is really the mother's womb and it is to be expected that he will emerge again new-born in some form before turning to this new creation arising from introversion there is still a further significance of the preceding question to be considered whether life is dependent upon these things life may depend upon these things in the degree that they serve for nourishment we must infer in this case that suddenly the question of nutrition came very near the hero's heart 
this possibility will be thoroughly proven in what follows the question of nutrition indeed enters seriously into consideration first because regression to the mother necessarily revives that special path of transference namely that of nutrition through the mother as soon as the libido regresses to the pre-sexual stage there we may expect to see the function of nutrition and its symbols put in place of the sexual function thence is derived an essential root of the displacement from below upwards freud because in the pre-sexual stage the principal value belongs not to the genitals but to the mouth secondly because the hero fasted his hunger becomes predominant fasting as is well known is employed to silence sexuality also it expresses symbolically the resistance against sexuality translated into the language of the pre-sexual stage on the fourth day of his fast the hero ceased to address himself to nature he lay exhausted with half-closed eyes upon his couch sunk deep in dreams and the picture of extreme introversion we have already seen that in such circumstances an infantile internal equivalent for reality appears in the place of external life and reality this is also the case with hiawatha and he saw a youth approaching dressed in garments green and yellow coming through the purple twilight through the splendour of the sunset plumes of green bent o'er his forehead and his hair was soft and golden this remarkable apparition reveals himself in the following manner to hiawatha from the master of life descending i the friend of man mondamon come to warn you and instruct you how by struggle and by labour you shall gain what you have prayed for rise up from your bed of branches rise o youth and wrestle with me mondamon is the maize a god who is eaten arising from hiawatha's introversion his hunger taken in a double sense his longing for the nourishing mother gives birth from his soul to another hero the edible maize the son of the earth mother therefore he again arises at sunset symbolizing the entrance into the mother and in the western sunset glow he begins again the mystic struggle with the self-created god the god who has originated entirely from the longing for the nourishing mother the struggle is again the struggle for liberation from this destructive and yet productive longing mondamon is therefore equivalent to the mother and the struggle with him means the overpowering and impregnation of the mother this interpretation is entirely proven by a myth of the cherokees who invoke it the maze under the name of the old woman in allusion to a myth that it sprang from the blood of an old woman killed by her disobedient sons faint with famine hiawatha started from his bed of branches from the twilight of his wigwam forth into the flush of sunset came and wrestled with mondamon 
at his touch he felt new courage throbbing in his brain and bosom felt new life and hope and vigour run through every nerve and fibre the battle at sunset with the god of the maze gives hiawatha new strength and thus it must be because the fight for the individual depths against the paralyzing longing for the mother gives creative strength to men here indeed is the source of all creation but it demands heroic courage to fight against these forces and to wrest from them the treasure difficult to attain he who succeeds in this has in truth attained the best hiawatha wrestles with himself for his creation the struggle lasts again the charmed three days the fourth day just as mondamin prophesied hiawatha conquers him and mondamin sinks to the ground in death as mondamin previously desired hiawatha digs his grave in mother earth and soon afterwards from this grave the young and fresh maize grows for the nourishment of mankind concerning the thought of this fragment we have therein a beautiful parallel to the mystery of mithra where first the battle of the hero with his bull occurs afterwards mithra carries in transitus the bull into the cave where he kills him from this death all fertility grows all that is edible the cave corresponds to the grave the same idea is represented in the christian mysteries although generally in more beautiful human forms the sole struggle of christ in gethsemane where he struggles with himself in order to complete his work then the transitus the carrying of the cross where he takes upon himself the symbol of the destructive mother and therewith takes himself to the sacrificial grave from which after three days he triumphantly arises all these ideas express the same fundamental thoughts also the symbol of eating is not lacking in the christian mystery christ is a god who is eaten in the lord's supper his death transforms him into bread and wine which we partake of in grateful memory of his great deed the relation of agni to the soma drink and that of dionysus to wine must not be omitted here as evident parallel is samson's rending of the lion and the subsequent inhabitation of the dead lion by honey-bees which gives rise to the well-known german riddle in german food went from the glutton and sweet from the strong in the eleusinian mysteries these thoughts seem to have played a role besides demeter and persephone iacchus is chief god of the eleusinian cult he was the pure eternus the eternal boy of whom ovid says the following in latin thou boy eternal thou most beautiful one seen in the heavens without horns standing with thy virgin head etc in the great eleusinian festival procession the image of iacchus was carried it is not easy to say which god is iacchus possibly a boy or a new-born son similar to the etrurian tagus who bears the surname the freshly ploughed boy because according to the myth he arose from the furrow of the field behind the peasant who was ploughing this idea shows unmistakably the mondamin motive the plough is of well-known phallic meaning 
the furrow of the field is personified by the hindus as woman the psychology of this idea is that of a coitus referred back to the pre-sexual stage stage of nutrition the sun is the edible fruit of the field iacos passes in part as son of demeter or of persephone also appropriately as consort of demeter hero as procreator of himself he is also called in greek equals libido also mother libido he was identified with dionysus especially with the thracian dionysus agrius of whom a typical fate of rebirth was related hera had goaded the titans against Ligrius, who assuming many forms sought to escape them until they finally took him when he had taken on the form of a bull in this form he was killed mithra sacrificed and dismembered and the pieces were thrown into a cauldron but zeus killed the titans by lightning and swallowed the still throbbing heart of zagreus through this act he gave him existence once more and zagreus as iacos again came forth iacos carries the torch the phallic symbol of procreation as plato testifies in the festival procession the sheaf of corn the cradle of iacos was carried in latin mystica juanus iaci the orphic legend relates that iacos was brought up by persephone when after three years slumber in the in greek a winnowing fan used as cradle he awoke this statement distinctly suggests the madaman motive the twentieth of boedromion the month boedromion lasts from about the fifth of september to the fifth of october he is called iacos in honour of the hero on the evening of this day the great torchlight procession took place on the seashore in which the quest and lament of demeter was represented the role of demeter who seeking her daughter wanders over the whole earth without food or drink has been taken over by hiawatha in the indian epic he turns to all created things without obtaining an answer as demeter first learns of her daughter from the subterranean hecate so does hiawatha first find the one sought for mondamin in the deepest introversion descent to the mother hiawatha produces from himself mondamin as a mother produces the son the longing for the mother also includes the producing mother first devouring then birth-giving concerning the real contents of the mysteries we learn through the testimony of bishop asterius about three ninety a d the following is not there in eleusis the gloomiest descent and the most solemn communion of the hierophant and the priestess between him and her alone are the torches not extinguished and does not the vast multitude regard as their salvation that which takes place between the two in the darkness that points undoubtedly to a ritual marriage which was celebrated subterraneously in mother earth the priestess of demeter seems to be the representative of the earth goddess perhaps the furrow of the field the descent into the earth is also the symbol of the mother's womb and was a widespread conception under the form of cave worship plutarch relates of the magi that they sacrificed to ah 
in greek in a sunless place lucian lets the magician mithrobarzanes in greek descent into a sunless desert place descend into the bowels of the earth according to the testimony of moses of the koran the sister fire and the brother spring were worshipped in armenia in a cave julian gave an account from the addis legend of a in greek descent into a cave from whence cybele brings up her son-lover that is to say gives birth to him the cave of christ's birth in bethlehem house of bread is said to have been an addis spilium a further eleusinian symbolism is found in the festival of hierogamus in the form of the mystic chests which according to the testimony of clemens of alexandria may have contained pastry salt and fruits the synthema confession of the mystic transmitted by clemens is suggestive in still other directions i have fasted i have drunk of the barley drink i have taken from the chest and after i have laboured i have placed it back in the basket and from the basket into the chest the question as to what lay in the chest is explained in detail by dietrich the labour he considers a phallic activity which the mystic has to perform in fact representations of the mystic basket are given wherein lies a phallus surrounded by fruits upon the so-called lavatelli vase the sculptures of which are understood to be eleusinian ceremonies it is shown how a mystic caressed the serpent entwining demeter the caressing of the fear animal indicates a religious conquering of incest according to the testimony of clements of alexandria a serpent was in the chest the serpent in this connection is naturally of phallic nature the phallus which is forbidden in relation to the mother rhoda mentions that in the arhatophores pastry in the form of phalli and serpents were thrown into the cave near the thesmophorium this custom was a petition for the bestowal of children and harvest the snake also plays a large part in initiations under the remarkable title in greek he who achieved divinity through the womb clemens observes that the symbol of the sabazios mysteries is in greek he who achieved divinity through the womb he is a serpent and he was drawn through the womb of those who were being initiated through arnobius we learn in latin the golden serpent is crowded into the breast of the initiates and is then drawn out through the lowest parts in the orphic hymn fifty two bacchus is invoked by o fetus he who is in the vagina or womb which indicates that the god enters into man as if through the female genitals according to the testimony of hippolytus the hierophant in the mystery exclaimed the revered one has brought forth a holy boy brimos from brimo this christmas gospel unto us a son is born is illustrated especially through the tradition that the athenians secretly showed to the partakers in the epoptia the great and wonderful and most perfect epoptic mystery a mown stalk of wheat the parallel for the motive of death and resurrection is the motive of losing and finding 
the motive appears in religious rites in exactly the same connection namely in spring festivities similar to the hieroscamos where the image of the god was hidden and found again it is an uncanonical tradition that moses left his father's house when twelve years old to teach mankind in a similar manner christ is lost by his parents and they find him again as a teacher of wisdom just as in the mohammedan legend moses and joshua lose the fish and in his place chidher the teacher of wisdom appears like the boy jesus in the temple so does the corn god lost and believed to be dead suddenly arise again from his mother into renewed youth that christ was laid in the manger is suggestive of fodder robertson therefore places the manger as parallel to the lycnon we understand from these accounts why the eleusinian mysteries were for the mystics so rich in comfort for the hope of a better world a beautiful eleusinian epitaph shows this truly a beautiful secret is proclaimed by the blessed gods mortality is not a curse but death a blessing the hymn to demeter in the mysteries also says the same blessed is he the earth-born man who hath seen this who hath not shared in these divine ceremonies he hath an unequal fate in the obscure darkness of death immortality is inherent in the eleusinian symbol in a church song of the nineteenth century by samuel Price's work we discover it again the world is yours lord jesus the world on which we stand because it is thy world it cannot perish only the wheat before it comes up to the light in its fertility must die in the bosom of the earth first freed from its own nature thou goest o lord our chief to heaven through thy sorrows and guide him who believes in thee on the same path then take us all equally to share in thy sorrows and kingdoms guide us through thy gate of death bring thy world into the light firmicus relates concerning the Attis mysteries in latin on a certain night an image is placed lying down in a litter there is weeping and lamentations among the people with beatings of bodies and tears after a time when they have become exhausted from the lamentations a light appears then the priest anoints the throats of all those who were weeping and softly whispers take courage o initiates of the redeemed divinity you shall achieve salvation through your grief such parallels show how little human personality and how much divine that is to say universally human is found in the christ mystery no man is or indeed ever was a hero for the hero is a god and therefore impersonal and generally applicable to all christ is a spirit as is shown in the very early christian interpretation in different places of the earth and in the most varied forms and in the colouring of various periods the saviour hero appears as a fruit of the entrance of the libido into the personal maternal depths the bacchian consecrations represented upon the farnese relief contain a scene where a mystic wrapped in a mantle drawn over his head was led to silen who holds the tylenon chalice covered with the cloth the covering of the head signifies death the mystic dies figuratively like the seed corn grows again and comes to the corn harvest proclus relates that the mystics were buried up to their necks the christian church is a place of religious ceremony is really nothing but the grave of a hero
catacombs the believer descends into the grave in order to rise from the dead with the hero that the meaning underlying the church is that of the mother's womb can scarcely be doubted the symbols of mass are so distinct that the mythology of the sacred act peeps out everywhere it is the magic charm of rebirth the veneration of the holy sepulchre is most plain in this respect a striking example is the holy sepulchre of st stefano in bologna the church itself a very old polygonal building consists of the remains of a temple to isis the interior contains an artificial spell a so-called holy sepulchre into which one creeps through a very little door after a long sojourn the believer reappears reborn from this mother's womb an etruscan osuarium in the archaeological museum in florence is at the same time a statue of matuta the goddess of death the clay figure of the goddess is hollowed within as a receptacle for the ashes the representation indicate that matuta is the mother her chair is adorned with sphinxes as a fitting symbol for the mother of death only a few of the further deeds of hiawatha can interest us here among these is the battle with mishnama the fish king in the eighth song this deserves to be mentioned as a typical battle of the sun hero mishnama is a fish monster who dwells at the bottom of the waters challenged by hiawatha to battle he devours the hero together with his boat in his wrath he darted upward flashing leaped into the sunshine opened his great jaws and swallowed both canoe and hiawatha down into that darksome cavern plunged the headlong hiawatha as a log on some black river shoots and plunges down the rapids found himself in utter darkness groped about in helpless wonder till he felt a great heart beating throbbing in that utter darkness and he smote it in his anger with his fist the heart of nama felt a mighty king of fishes shudder through each nerve and fibre crosswise then did hiawatha drag his birth canoe for safety lest from out the jaws of nama in the turmoil and confusion forth he might be hurled and perish it is the typical myth of the work of the hero distributed over the entire world he takes to a boat fights with the sea monsters devoured he defends himself against being bitten or crushed resistance or stamping motive having arrived in the interior of the whale dragon he seeks the vital organ cuts off or in some way destroys often the death of the monster occurs as a result of a fire which the hero secretly makes within him he mysteriously creates in the womb of death life the rising sun thus dies the fish which drifts ashore where with the assistance of birds the hero again attains the light of day the bird in this sense probably means the reascent of the sun the longing of the libido the rebirth of the phoenix the longing is very frequently represented by the symbol of hovering the sun symbol of the bird rising from the water is etymologically contained in the singing swan swan is derived from the root sven like sun and tone see the preceding this act signifies rebirth and the bringing forth of life from the mother and by this means the ultimate destruction of death which according to a negro myth has come into the world through the mistake of an old woman who at the time of the general casting of skins for men renewed their youth through casting their skin like snakes drew on through absent-mindedness her old skin instead of a new one and as a result died but the effect of such an act could not 
be of any duration again and again troubles of the hewer are renewed always under the symbol of deliverance from the mother just as hera as the pursuing mother is the real source of the great deeds of hercules so does nokomis allow hiawatha no rest and raises up new difficulties in his path in form of desperate adventures in which the hero may perhaps conquer but also perhaps may perish the libido of mankind is always in advance of his consciousness unless his libido calls him forth to new dangers he sinks into slothful inactivity or on the other hand childish longing for the mother overcomes him at the summit of his existence and he allows himself to become pitifully weak instead of striving with desperate courage towards the highest the mother becomes the demon who summons the hero to adventure and who also places in his path the poisonous serpent which will strike him thus nokomis in the ninth song calls hiawatha points with her hand to the west where the sun sets in purple splendor and says to him yonder dwells the great pearl feather megasoguan the magician manito of wealth and wampum guarded by his fiery serpents guarded by the black pitch water you can see his fiery serpents the kenabik the great serpents coiling playing in the water this danger lurking in the west is known to mean death which no one even the mightiest escapes this magician as we learn also killed the father of nokomis now she sends her son forth to avenge the father horus through the symbols attributed to the magician it may easily be recognized what he symbolizes snake and water belong to the mother the snake as a symbol of the repressed longing for the mother or in other words as a symbol of resistance encircles protectingly and defensively the maternal rock inhabits the cave winds itself upwards around the mother tree and guards the precious hoard the mysterious treasure the black stygian water is like the black muddy spring of dalkarnine the place where the sun dies and enters into rebirth the maternal sea of death and night on his journey thither hiawatha takes with him the magic oil of Nama, which helps his boat through the waters of death also a sort of charm for immortality like the dragon's blood for siegfried etc first hiawatha slays the great serpent of the night journey in the sea over the stygian waters it is written all night long he sailed upon it sailed upon that sluggish water covered with its mould of ages black with rotting water rushes rank with flags and leaves of lilies stagnant lifeless dreary dismal lighted by the shimmering moonlight and by will-o'-the-wisp illumined fires by ghosts of dead men kindled in their weary night encampments the description plainly shows the character of a water of death the contents of the water point to an already mentioned motive that of encoiling and devouring it is said in the key to dreams of yagadiba whoever in dreams surrounds his body with base creepers or ropes with snake skins threads or tissues dies i refer to the preceding arguments in regard to this having come into the west land the hero challenges the magician to battle a terrible struggle begins hiawatha is powerless because megasagwan is invulnerable at evening hiawatha retires wounded despairing for a while in order to rest pause to rest beneath the pine tree from whose branches trailed the mosses and whose trunk was coated over with the dead man's moccasin leather with the fungus white and yellow this protecting tree is described as coated over with the moccasin leather of the dead the fungus 
this investing of the tree with anthropomorphic attributes is also an important rite wherever tree worship prevails as for example in india where each village has its sacred tree which is clothed and in general treated as a human being the trees are anointed with fragrant water sprinkled with powder adorned with garlands and draperies just as among men the piercing of the ears was performed as an apotrophic charm against death so does it occur with the holy tree of all the trees of india there is none more sacred to the hindus than the aswatha ficus religiosa it is known to them as Variska raja king of trees rama vishnu and mahasvar live in it and the worship of it is the worship of the triad almost every indian village has an aswatha etc this village linden tree well known to us is here clearly characterized as the mother symbol it contains the three gods hence when hiawatha retires to rest under the pine tree it is a dangerous step because he resigns himself to the mother whose garment is the garment of death the devouring mother as in the whale dragon the hero also in this situation needs a helpful bird that is to say the helpful animals which represent the benevolent parents suddenly from the boughs above him sang the mama the woodpecker aim your arrows hiawatha at the head of megasogwan strike the tuft of hair upon it at their roots the long black tresses there alone can he be wounded now amusing to relate mama hurried to his help it is a peculiar fact that the woodpecker was also the mama of romulus and remus who put nourishment into the mouths of the twins with his beak compare with that the role of the vulture in leonardo's dream the vulture is sacred to mars like the woodpecker with the maternal significance of the woodpecker the ancient italian folk superstition agrees that from the tree upon which this bird nested any nail which has been driven in will soon drop out again the woodpecker owes its special significance to the circumstance that he hammers holes into trees to drive nails in as above it is therefore understandable that he was made much of in the roman legend as an old king of the country a possessor or ruler of the holy tree the primitive image of the pater familius an old fable relates how circe the spouse of king picus transformed him into the picus martius the woodpecker the sorceress is the new creating mother who has magic influence upon the son husband she kills him transforms him into the soul bird the unfulfilled wish picus was also understood as the wood demon and incubus as well as the soothsayer all of which fully indicate the mother libido picus was often placed on a par with pecumnus by the ancients pecumnus is the inseparable companion of pilumnus and both are actually called infantium dei the gods of little children especially it was said of pilumnus that he defended newborn children against the destroying attacks of the wood demon salvanus good and bad mother the motive of the two mothers the benevolent bird a wish thought of deliverance which arises from introversion advises the hero to shoot the magician under the hair which is the only vulnerable spot this spot is the phallic point if one may venture to say so it is at the top of the head at the place where the mystic birth from the head takes place which even to-day appears in children's sexual theories into that hiawatha shoots one may say very naturally three arrows the well-known phallic symbol and thus k 
kills Magisakwan. thereupon he steals the magic wampum armor which renders him invulnerable means of immortality he significantly leaves the dead lying in the water because the magician is the fearful mother on the shore he left the body half on land and half in water in the sand his feet were buried and his face was in the water thus the situation is the same as with the fish king because the monster is the personification of the water of death which in its turn represents the devouring mother this great deed of hiawatha's where he has vanquished the mother as the death-bringing demon is followed by his marriage with minnehaha a little fable which the poet has inserted in the later song is noteworthy an old man is transformed into a youth by crawling through a hollow oak tree in the fourteenth song is a description of how hiawatha discovers writing i limit myself to the description of two hieroglyphic tokens gitche manito the mighty he the master of life was painted as an egg with points projecting to the four winds of the heavens everywhere is the great spirit was the meaning of this symbol the world lies in the egg which encompasses it at every point it is the cosmic woman with child the symbol of which plato as well as the vedas has made use of this mother is like the air which is everywhere but air is spirit the mother of the world is a spirit michi manito the mighty he the dreadful spirit of evil as a serpent was depicted as kenabik the great serpent but the spirit of evil is fear is the forbidden desire the adversary who opposes not only each individual heroic deed but life in its struggle for eternal duration as well and who introduces into our body the poison of weakness and age through the treacherous bite of the serpent it is all that is retrogressive and as the model of our first world is our mother all retrogressive tendencies are towards the mother and therefore are disguised under the incest image in both these ideas the poet has represented in mythologic symbols the libido arising from the mother and the libido striving backward towards the mother there is a description in the fifteenth song how chibiabos hiawatha's best friend the amiable player and singer the embodiment of the joy of life was enticed by the evil spirits into ambush fell through the ice and was drowned hiawatha mourns for him so long that he succeeds with the aid of the magician in calling him back again but the revivified friend is only a spirit and he becomes master of the land of spirits osiris lord of the underworld the two dioscuri battles again follow and then comes the loss of a second friend kawa sin the embodiment of physical strength in the twentieth song occur famine and the death of minnehaha foretold by two taciturn guests from the land of death and in the twenty-second song hiawatha prepares for a final journey to the west land i am going o nokomis on a long and distant journey to the portals of the sunset to the regions of the home wind of the northwest wind kewaden one long track and trail of splendor down whose stream as down a river westward westward hiawatha sailed into the fiery sunset sailed into the purple vapors sailed into the dusk of evening thus departed hiawatha hiawatha the beloved in the glory of the sunset in the purple mist of evening to the regions of the home wind of the northwest wind kewaden to the islands of the blessed to the kingdom of ponema to the land of the hereafter the sun victoriously arising tears itself away from the embrace and clasp from the enveloping womb of the sea and sinks again into the maternal sea into night 
the all-enveloping and the all-reproducing leaving behind in the heights of midday and all its glorious works this image was the first and was profoundly entitled to become the symbolic carrier of human destiny in the morning of life man painfully tears himself loose from the mother from the domestic hearth to rise through battle to his heights not seeing his worst enemy in front of him but bearing him within himself as a deadly longing for the depths within for drowning in his own source for becoming absorbed into the mother his life is a constant struggle with death a violent and transitory delivery from the always lurking night this death is no external enemy but a deep personal longing for quiet and for the profound peace of non-existence for a dreamless sleep in the ebb and flow of the sea of life even in his highest endeavour for harmony and equilibrium for philosophic depths and artistic enthusiasm he seeks death immobility satiety and rest if like pyrotheus he tarries too long in this place of rest and peace he is overcome by torpidity and the poison of the serpent paralyzes him for all time if he is to live he must fight and sacrifice his longing for the past in order to rise to his own heights and having reached the noonday heights he must also sacrifice the love for his own achievements for he may not loiter the sun also sacrifices its greatest strength in order to hasten onwards to the fruits of autumn which are the seeds of immortality fulfilled in children in works in posthumous fame in a new order of things all of which in their turn begin and complete the sun's course over again the song of hiawatha contains as these extracts show a material which is very well adapted to bring into play the abundance of ancient symbolic possibilities latent in the human mind and to stimulate it to the creation of mythologic figures but the products always contain the same old problems of humanity which rise again and again in new symbolic disguise from the shadowy world of the unconscious thus miss miller is reminded through the longing of chewantable of another mythic cycle which appeared in the form of wagner's siegfried especially is this shown in the passage in chewantable's monologue where he exclaims there is not one who understands me not one who resembles me not one who has a soul sister to mine miss miller observes that the sentiment of this passage has the greatest analogy with the feelings which siegfried experienced for brunhilde this analogy causes us to cast a glance at the song of siegfried especially at the relation of siegfried and brunhilde End of section twenty four